Hey friends, welcome to Girls Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how we can live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Friends, I'm so excited about today's episode. Today, we're talking about how to build more grit and resilience in our life and how to keep going even when things feel really hard. If you're anything like me, you've had moments in your life where you know you're supposed to do something. Maybe it's a career path you're supposed to pursue or a dream you wanna accomplish. But at some point along the way, you meet some resistance. Things start to feel hard. We can't get over something that happened in our past that makes us feel like we're not good enough. We feel like we're falling short compared to everyone else around us. And we start to wonder if maybe we're just not cut out for this. So the question is, how do we move past those obstacles? Do we give up or do we keep going? And if we do keep going, how do we find that grit, that resistance, that perseverance that it takes to continue forward? To help us answer these questions, I invited my dear friend, Bianca Juarez Oltaf back onto the show. Bianca is a best-selling Christian author, speaker, and podcast host. She also recently released her brand new book called Grit, Don't Quit. In it, she helps readers cultivate perseverance, embrace resilience, and embark on a life of purpose. And that's what she's helping us do today. Here are just a few of the things that she's gonna be teaching us. She'll talk to us about how we can train our brains to be more resilient, how to keep going even when things feel really hard or painful, how to combat feeling like we're falling short or falling behind, how to hear from God and continue pursuing what He has for us, and so much more. Whether you're trying to figure out your next steps in life, in a relationship, or in your career, or you've hit a really hard spot in any of those things, this episode might just be the nudge you need to keep moving forward. I hope so. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. 
Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there, and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me, and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. All right, you guys, I'm honestly thrilled about who we have on the show today. Um, it's This is one of my favorite people. I have looked up to her for honestly years, years and years. I have loved her work. If you ever get to hear her speak in person, like get tissues and get ready for goosebumps. She's just an amazing communicator, an amazing person. Um, welcome to the show, Bianca Oltaf. Bianca Juarez. Thank you so much. Okay, that introduction is so kind, Steph. Like, I think people also need to know that we like legit know each other. It's not just some like cold call. Like, we go way back. It's like, I was thinking about this. Okay, so Brie and Joey have been married for six years. 
six, yeah, six years. And then we knew each other before that. So we've known each other for at least seven years. You know, yes, yes. Do you know that we probably talked about this? Oh my gosh. Okay, this is, you guys, forgive this diversion for a second. So uh, right shortly after college, I moved to Atlanta or to north of Atlanta to work for a missions organization. And I had been there for like three days. Someone had told me to read Bob Goff's book, Love Does. So I did. And I decided to tweet before it was X or whatever. I tweeted at Bob Goff saying, hey, reading your book, because he was coming to whatever conference was in Gwinnett. Georgia, do you know what I'm talking about? Catalyst. Okay, it was Catalyst. Atlanta. Yes, it was Catalyst. Yes, girl. I knew. I know where you're going with this one. So, yes, I so do. So I tweeted at Bob Goff, kind of not totally knowing who he was. And he tweeted me back and said, hi, do you want to be my guest for this conference? And I was like, is this a for real thing? Like, I don't know. Who is this guy? And, and everyone was like, yes, this is for real. Go. Like, he's the best. This is the best. Like, okay. Um, and so I went and... There was, I think that's where I met you. I met you like in, I think we the did. green room or something. And I was so excited because I had been such a fan of yours for so long and it was just such a fun thing. So yeah, I'm like, you know, 20, zero years old. I don't know. I don't remember it. Nervous and I just moved to a new city and I'm standing there next to Bob Goff who I just met. And I'm like, so excited and and this is hilarious stuff honestly because I always say like when people say you just said like oh I've been such a fan I'm like I don't have fans fans I just have friends but like literally like now here we are all these years later mm-hmm. and I'm grateful and we don't I, I don't want to I don't want to put on like as if it's deeper than what it is but when we do connect uh, we don't talk often, but when we do, I've, I mean, just before the podcast, I felt very safe with telling you just kind of like how life has been from a very honest perspective. I think the reason why people love listening to you and trust you is because you are an open space. Mm-hmm. You feel very safe. I'm a witness and a testament to that. Like though we've only hung out in 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 real life only a couple of times, you're just a very safe person. So I say this on the air so everyone can hear that the person that you are on the podcast and online really is who you are in real, in real life. So thank you. Okay, now I have goosebumps. Now I have goosebumps. Okay, all right, don't cry. We're fine. We're fine. Okay, so listen. Um, thank you for that. Uh, You're welcome. Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know who you are, we're gonna change that in just a second. Um, tell us who you are, what you do, and I would love to hear a fun fact about you. Okay, so fun fact. We'll start there. Uh, Stephanie and I were in a wedding together in Costa Rica, and when I say like in a wedding, no, we were not bridesmaids because there were absolutely zero bridesmaids. So everyone at the wedding, there was only like what Steph, like twenty people. Yeah, at it's the like wedding? you were guests something like that, and there you were the bridal party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So shout out to Brianna and Joey for bringing everyone to Costa Rica. Yeah. So um, yes, so that's my fun fact that we were actually in in at in at slash a wedding together in Costa Rica. That's my fun fact. Um, but uh, my name is Bianca Juarez Oltov. I hail from the great state of California, aka the promised land. Uh, in addition to being a church planter, I'm also a podcaster, a writer, a speaker, and like a wannabe chef. Stephanie, like in another world, in another life, I... I really wish that I would have hopped on the early TikTok chef train. And I think I would have been TikTok famous making recipes. I'm not kidding. Because I love cooking and I love sharing recipes. And I love bringing people on my table because that's that's really where life change happens is around dinner tables and having earnest and honest conversations is how our church started. But more so, I think that's how some of the best relationships, conversations and life change has happened as well. I love that. Uh, I feel like in another life or maybe in my future life, I want to be like a food critic 
but not a critic, more like a, more like a food, like a food blogger. Writer, a food writer. Yes. 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 That's so I'll cook. And then you write, you write up stories about me. Positive ones. All positive ones. Because (laughs) listen, I'm just, anyone who wants to cook for me, I'm, there's no way I'm writing a single bad thing. I'm so happy. Just just keep, keep feeding me. Yay. Um, I love that so much. So you have a new book that just came out and it's called Grit Don't Quit. And I want to hear all about the book. And I know from from experience that when you are writing a book, it's you can only write a book after you have lived it. Girl. So so my next book is on how to be rich and skinny because I want to live through that, baby. (laughs) I want to live through that. (laughs) Every time I go to like Barnes and Noble, I just want to like hug all the authors because I'm like, oh, there are a lot of tears in this one. Yes. Oh man. So tell us like what, tell us about the book and tell us about the, really the story behind it. Okay. So this is where I want to start because I know that there's going to be some podcast listeners like, oh gosh, we're going to talk about a book. No, we're not going to talk about a book. We're going to talk about a feeling and the feeling that every single one of us will face. If we already haven't faced, we will face in our future is this desire to throw in the towel. We feel like we've been knocked down in life once too many times and we just don't feel like we can get back up. Uh, I think for me, I love to write out of place of yes, living through and this like lived experience, but also just kind of raising a, like licking my finger and sticking it in the air almost prophetically to be like, what is going on in culture that is not being said that needs to be said? Let's speak to that. Because I think that with every pain, that there's a purpose that can be produced from that. But we need to articulate and identify like what it is and where it is. And so for me, I'm, I'm uh, guys, like I mentioned, I'm a church planner. So I know that there's not everyone on the podcast is a person of faith. That's totally fine. What I'm going to say is going to be good information, whether you believe in Jesus or not. So you're going to want to listen. <laughs> but for me, it, I just saw, I saw entire, uh, not just people are always like this next generation, you know, these Gen Zers. No, I'm talking about culture as a whole. With a touch, a tap, a swipe, you can get groceries delivered to your door. You can get a meal delivered to your door. You can get a booty call delivered to your door. And everything has been instant access to access between Instacart and Instagram. We get everything now. And so when something is hard or we feel like we have to try at something, it's we've bought into the lie that it shouldn't be this hard. My marriage shouldn't be this hard. Being single shouldn't be this hard. Starting my business shouldn't be this hard. But I just kind of scratch my head and say, when did we think it was going to be easy? And so we are training an entire culture, entire generation of people, my generation, the next generation, to just walk away. When someone hurts your feelings, walk away. If you know someone at church said something that offended you, walk away. Um, your husband smells, walk away. <laughs> you know, it's just like all these, all these easy excuses. I just want to say, like, no, to the victor goes the spoils. Like, quitters never win and winners never quit. So can we not just talk about and tell people you got to be resilient, but how do we create practical ways for people to build grit and resilience? And so whether or not this is in a book or whether or not this is me preaching, whether this is me just talking to you in the podcast, my heart for people that feel like they have been knocked down, they can't get back up is to whisper over them and blow wind into their sails and remind them, if you are not dead, then God's not done. Get back up and let me teach you how. Okay, I have 7 million questions. (laughs) <laughs> Tell me, um, I I love that so much. And I, I love, like, get back up and I'm going to show you how. Like, I'm, I'm going to walk you through this because yeah. I think, like, going back to cooking, I'm a recipe person. I, I'm, especially in areas where I'm unsure, like the kitchen, um, I'm great at the table, not great in the kitchen. I just, like, I'm afraid I'm going to get it wrong. And so having someone take me mm. by the hand and and walk me through it, at least 
help me get comfortable. And then I can start to like wiggle and, you know, throw my, you know, my own spin on something. But so I, I just love that you're walking us through this. I want to know from you, like when you look at your life, what are some things that have happened for you personally that have made this message so important to like to you? Oh, okay. So we can get honest on your show, right? A hundred percent. It's girls night. Yeah. Okay. So I would, okay. So the traditional answer that I think I would give most podcasts is, you know, I, I'm a first generation American. I'm a daughter of immigrants. I was illiterate up until the age of 12. I wrestled with obesity my whole entire life. I mean, there's a number of things where I can look back and be like, oh yeah, maybe I can write a book on grit and resilience. But I'll be honest with you, Stephanie, in the last year and a half, I have been forced not just to theorize about resilience or preach about being gritty. I've had to live it. And so when I, when you say that there's sometimes that you want to walk through Barnes and Nobles and hug the authors, it's because I have lived this book out more times than I'd like to admit or even count. And so uh, this, the book was ac- actually birthed out of a conversation that I had with a woman. I sat across from her, a woman from church, number of years ago, and she was going through a divorce and she was in a really dark place. And she said, it's not that I want to to take my life. I just want to go to sleep and not wake up. And I was like encouraging her and I was like coaching her. And she said, yeah, but you don't understand, Bianca. I'm not like you. I didn't have to learn how to be resilient. Now, this woman was, came from a place of privilege and she was given a lot and she had a lot of financial wherewithal and she also had a lot of great pedigree. And I sat across the table from her and it hit me. Oh, she thinks resilience is synonymous with poverty. And what I want to step back and say is whether we come from a place of privilege or a place of poverty, we all have to learn the ability to get back up. We all, and side note, a lot of the book is written from a scientific perspective because people will use this nomenclature in this language like, oh, well, I'm not resilient. No one ever taught me how to be resilient. It's not a gene. It's not something you're born with. It's something you could actually develop and grow. Now, some people are more optimistic, but that's not resilience. And so it was really birthed out of sitting across the table, looking at someone who I cared for and saw her not want to live. And I, okay, now I'm going to sound crazy. And someone out there is going to be like, this chick is a little odd. (laughs) But Steph, since 2020, I have seen like such a darkness over the globe. I'm going to call it like a spirit of depression and anxiety and a suicidal just darkness that I have spoken. And granted, I want to be very forthcoming. I'm a pastor. So I get to speak to a lot of people and I'm astounded. I'm astounded people that have families and wealth and great jobs and yet can't get out of bed in the morning. And it breaks my heart. Like literally, I have a lump in my throat. And I just want to remind people that like, Whatever is weighing on you, I, do, I don't want to dim, diminutize or cancel any of the pain that we, very real pain, legitimate pain that we are going through. Trial, trauma, tribulation. I don't want to take anything away from that. But I love you too much to let you live there. Because though you might be there right now, that's not where you're going to live. So let's build a plan so we can get back up when life knocks us down. And so that's really like the impetus of it. And um, I love that you said that you are a chef that loves a recipe. I'm actually the opposite. Like I go to the kitchen and I'm like, okay, it's like a challenge to me. There's this show on Food Network called Chopped and you get this basket with, have you seen it? Okay, you're nodding, you get it, yes. I freaking love Chopped because I always open up my cabinets and I'm like, oh, I've got this garlic chili place from Trader Joe's. Oh, I have these like frozen shrimp. Oh, I have this sweet potato. And like, I'm making like these crazy recipes. And so I feel like 
I have been thrown in the proverbial kitchen of trial, trauma, and tribulation. I've gone through a lot as a church planner, as a stepmom, as again, of my family of origin, all the other stuff that I feel like I have language, practical handles, and science. I spent a lot of time. I didn't have an ambition of writing a book on resilience. I just started reading books on resilience because I needed to learn how to be resilient. And one of the things that I saw was there's books that talk about resilient people. There's talks that give science about like the brain and resilience, but no one's teaching me how to be resilient. And so I wanted to create something in the market that was like, if I go in the kitchen and whip up something, I know it'll be nourishing to people and people will live leave my kitchen table feeling full. And that's what I want. When they read the book, they feel like, wow, I know what to do now on how to practically get back up. Mm, I love that. Um, In the beginning, when we're like, before we can even be resilient, we have to like take a step out, right? We have to try something. We have to put ourselves out there for something. Yeah. because you can't really like get knocked down otherwise. Um, you have to do mm. you have to do something, and even that step is really hard. Talk yeah. to us about how we like put our like get up the maybe it's also grit the courage to to try something mm. in the first place before we even and then we'll talk about what happens when we get knocked down. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I love that. And I love that you're speaking to the before. So someone out there uh, started a business. Someone out there embarked on a r- romantic relationship. Someone out there decided they were going to try being friends with someone new again. So we, t- we put ourselves in these situations where there is this vacuum, there's this hole, there's this need, there's this desire. And when it doesn't happen or doesn't outwork in the way that we think, we feel like, I should have never done that. That was wrong. When the truth of the matter is, is no, that... I mean, maybe it was a wrong decision, but more often than not, it's people think resistance is synonymous with you're not supposed to do it. And what I'm kind of like scratching my head and saying, like, no, resistance is the very thing that's needed for resilience. And resistance might be the very thing that when you get past whatever is blocking you, that it will prove to you like, no, I am called to be in this relationship. No, I am called to be this entrepreneur. No, I am called to go back to school. And so I think when we talk about like building resilience, I want that, okay, first of all, let's make this like super practical because right now it feels like very ethereal, resist, resilience, resilience. You know what? Okay, Stephanie, I spent research out of um, MIT, Stanford, Yale, uh, UCI, and I started on this rabbit trail of neuropathy and neuropathology, like the power of our brain. Because if it's not a genetic trait, if resilience and grit is not a genetic trait, then what is going in our brain? What do we need in our brain to help us become resilient? And so I put uh, I put this in the book. And because I'm a preacher, they all begin with P. I mean, either I'm a preacher or I love Sesame Street, but like just to help our brain remember, because <laughs> honestly, simplicity is what our brain loves. Yes. So these are the three P's of resilience. When people think like, well, how do I know if I'm a resilient p- person? It's something that you can train your brain to do. So the three P's of resilience, the first one is perspective. What does that mean? Perspective is an honest assessment of reality while maintaining hope. Perspective is looking at a situation. Let's say, let's say your marriage is struggling. It's you saying, I'm so frustrated with the state of my marriage, but I'm in counseling. I'm so frustrated with my marriage, but I'm committed to love my spouse. So perspective is an honest assessment of reality while maintaining hope. And a lot of this science came out of a prisoner of war survivor, um, Alan Stockdale. And this is, he invented the Stockdale paradox. And what he realized is that people that had a false sense of hope, 
the prisoners of war that were like, we're going to get out next week. They're going to save us by Christmas. They're going to get us by Easter. They were the first ones to get sick, the first ones to die, or the first ones to mentally break. And that yet those, those that were like, hey, I have hope that one day we're going to get out of here, but let's be realistic about this situation because this junk is serious. Those were the people that made it. So having an honest assessment of reality is absolutely key. So that's perspective. The second key ability to people who are resilient is that they have the ability to pivot. What does that mean? Well, the French word is bricolage. And bricolage is taking two things that otherwise wouldn't go together, putting them together to find a solution. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a Bible reference for like the word nerds and vacation Bible schools out, students out there. But like there's this a story out of the book of Joshua and uh, Joshua is leading people into the promised land. And the first city they hit is uh, Jericho. And Jericho is known for its walls. These walls were unscalable. Well, we have walls in our life. Walls that feel like are so high, what are we gonna do? We can be like the children of Jericho, uh, the children of Israel. And instead of scaling the walls of Jericho, they marched around them. What is that? Ability to pivot. We've heard the adage, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. I just wanna take that a couple steps further. And like, maybe it's because I'm a hustler or maybe it's just because I want people to get this. It's beyond when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. It's like when life gives me lemons, I want to plant the seeds. So I will sow these seeds and future generations will eat the fruit of my orchard. I want to pivot, not just for me, but for the next generation. So number one's perspective. Number two is the ability to pivot. And lastly, which is the hardest one, and I want to be sensitive to this, is purpose. And ultimately, it's finding pain out of purpose. And so... um, there was a there yeah there was a French a psychologist that was a Holocaust survivor in Auschwitz and uh, Victor Frankel wrote Man's Search for Meaning and he was actually the pioneer of meaning making. What is meaning making? Meaning making is finding meaning in whatever situation and or pain that we're in. Now this is hard. This is really hard as as Christians as people who follow Jesus. Paul puts it this way. He says that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord, those that walk uprightly and love the Lord. Well, that sounds really good and it's very cute on Pinterest and we could put a meme on it and everyone would like it. And we put this inspirational song on Instagram and then it gets lots of likes. But what does it really mean? It's this understanding and belief that whatever I am going through, it's gonna be for God's glory and for my gain. And it doesn't make sense and it doesn't mean it's easy. I may not like it. I may not wanna do it. I may wanna quit, but I'm gonna stay the course because I believe that in the end, my pain will have a purpose. What is that? It's redeeming the pain. And if you exhibit those three qualities, a good perspective, the ability to pivot and finding the purpose in whatever pain you're in, you are a resilient person. And no matter, these these three characteristics can be used as a grid over Elon Musk to Paul the Apostle, um, to athletes, to entrepreneurs of successful uh, CEOs that are in the C-suites and are in the Fortune 100 companies. I guarantee you, these three attributes are hallmarks for people who are resilient, gritty, and successful.